Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome to a special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. I am your host, the Duke, and this episode is entitled, Her Name is Meredith. Now, folks, I want to give you a fair warning here. Uh, This is going to be some very serious adult subject matter. So I know all of you parents out there who will put the show on for your kids or what have you, you know, if if you're going to do that, just make sure that um, you remain available to put things into proper context based on the way that you parent and what have you here, because definitely we're going to go in and we're going to venture off into some areas that, you know, for some people it may be triggering as well. So that is your trigger warning. With that said, this episode is about a very serious issue that has been discussed ad nauseum online within the uh, internet wrestling community, especially on Twitter, Instagram. And it's very interesting because It's been discussed mostly from one side, while the other side has essentially gone silent. And, you know, it's been roughly about two years now. It's time to revisit this and and check in and really find out from the side that hasn't said much, what happened, why, and where are we at today? I mean, those are are the main uh, points here that I'm going to focus on, folks. Now, you know, this is Duke Loves Wrestling. This is not an endorsement of anyone, and this is certainly not a takedown of anyone. This is legitimately a major story connected to the wrestling industry that you, the listeners, have brought up to me. Literally, I cannot go a week, and I have not gone a week since this stuff came out where someone didn't say, hey, are you going to do an episode on that? And it's a very sensitive and, su- and and touchy subject. So I wanted to make sure I handled this the right way. But, you know, after speaking to our guest and thinking about it for a period of time, uh, yeah, after two years, it's time. It's time to to peel back the layers here and hear from the other side and, and, and you know, once and for all, put that out there for you, the listener, to then digest and decide how you feel about it. You know, does this affect your opinion? of what's been said. So certainly we're going to get into all of that. But first and foremost, uh, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, Meredith. Meredith, how you doing? I'm great. I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic here. I, again, I, I want to thank you for 
having the courage to come on the show and 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 speak because I don't recall you ever doing an interview um, about this before. I mean, have you? No, no. Um, and I think with this particular topic, um, it's always really one-sided and people aren't really interested in hearing the, um, you know, the alleged wrongdoer. They never want to hear their side because once you've been framed as such and such and that you've done this sort of thing, then, you know, that's it. You're done. Um, so I, I honestly was surprised, <laughs> uh, to get this, um, opportunity. Um, but I, I, I cannot stress enough how, um, thankful and appreciative I am, uh, to be on the show. So thank you. Let everybody know, because I, certainly there are people who are in listen to this, especially those who've been asking for it for so long. Uh, they're familiar with who you are to a certain extent, mm-hmm. but there are, there are audience members who may not be as familiar. So, who is Meredith? <laughs> um, good question. Um, so I'm Meredith Bell. Um, I am a singer, first and foremost, over anything. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a performer. Um, I'm the lead singer of a band called Palace Burn, um, based here in the Philadelphia area. Um, and I'm also a wrestling fan, a former <laughs> of course, that's the reason we'll get into that, but a former ring announcer um for Chikara and a lot of other um indie wrestling promotions um and of course the the reason that the big reason that people know me is for uh singing in the inner circle choir for AEW uh for at the time Le Champion Chris Jericho I mean you went viral <laughs> with your singing and, oh my and God. that's the old- yeah you know, people mm-hmm. go viral every day for doing a lot of stupid things. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? A lot of things that they <laughs> yeah. wish they could take back. But you went mm-hmm. viral for the one thing that you have dedicated your life to doing, which is singing. literally, literally my entire life. And a lot of people don't know that I've been trying to get into the wrestling business um, for quite some time using my voice. Um, I actually sang the national anthem for the WWE when I was 16, 15, 16. Um, I did it several times for them, um, just like house shows, n- never like raw or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's always been a dream of mine to perform either as a ring announcer or as, you know, a musical act for a pay-per-view, like for someone's like entrance theme or whatever. Um, and it was literally, it was literally like a dream come true. So yeah, I, I, I can't even, I got, I got a message from Jericho yesterday, <laughs> like talking about that. He was just like, still one of the best entrances of all time. And just, uh, just to be a part of wrestling history and just to, you know, achieve that has just been, it's just meant so much to me. I mean, that's, that is such a, a major high mm-hmm. and, you know, a, the type of high that, very few people will ever experience in life. I know. You know what I mean? And, and and once that happened, what type of what type of prospects and 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 doors opened for you? I mean, I got to imagine oh that God. <laughs> you, you saw a lot of light at the end of the tunnel uh, once you yeah. had that performance, huh? I uh I got I I was booked and busy for quite some time. <laughs> um of course at the time, you know, um it's now defunct, obviously, because they had, you know, some stuff that went on with them as well. Uh, but at the time I was still working for Chikara. Um, I got a lot of like indies, you know, um, offerings. I did a lot of great shows. Um, 
And I was just, I was just working. I was just working a lot. I was really just trying to make my name, you know, as a ring announcer. And of course, you know, people saw me, you know, for Jericho, but then it was like, oh, wow, like she's a ring announcer too. Like, that's awesome. You know? And so it just, I, you know, I was, I was getting scouted for a major promotion. I won't say which one, but, um, it, you know, um, I had a lot of prospects and then of course we all know what happened. So it kind of every, everything went to went to the trash after that. Well, you know, we've we've kind of built this up. So let's just get right to it. I mean, from your perspective, before before we even talk about um you know, your your response to what has been alleged. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what do you know that's been alleged? What what happened that at least you were informed like, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is what's being said about you." that has essentially caused two years of just tremendous backlash. I mean, I've never seen mm-hmm. within the, the IWC, you know, you see it in wrestlers, promoters and all that good stuff, but this is yeah. a little different. You're not a wrestler. You're not a promoter. Nope. Uh, you're a ring announcer. You're a singer. You were essentially I'm a regular, regular person, dude. Yeah. I'm a regular <laughs> person who got lucky. That's, yeah. that's all. That's, that's it. That's ugh. Yeah. Um, so as far as you know, Mm-hmm. What has been alleged? Let's start there. Okay. Um, well, I know. I mean, I know everything. Um, so on May 8th of 2020, there were allegations that came um, from both Alex Lejas, um, who's also known as Queen of the Ring, and Lauren Moran. Well, Alex came out first, and then Lauren kind of just shoveled in and was just like, yeah, she's talking about me. They basically um, accused me um, on a show on July 4th of 2019 in Brooklyn uh, that I attended called The Great American Trash um, that I sexually assaulted uh, the both of them. Alex specifically went into grave detail um, in regards to a crotch grabbing that happened at some point, um, which, uh, okay. Uh, um, and it, yeah, it just, it just snowballed from there, basically. No, Marathon, I, I have to ask you the most basic question uh, mm-hmm. to start off here. Did you do what you were accused of doing? Absolutely not. Without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely not. I did not. Were you inebriated at, at this event? Uh, is it is it possible that, you know, the, there could have been something impairing your judgment where there at least is a possibility? No, I was. And I've I've openly ad- admitted to that. Um and I've gone through the events throughout the entire day in my mind several, several times. And I also have two um, friends and witnesses who were there with me throughout the entire show. Now, here's the thing about my witnesses. Th- I met them like we had known each other through the IWC, through like Twitter and that sort of thing. I met them both the the day of that show. And so it, we hadn't really developed that relationship to where like, oh no, Meredith, I got your back. Like, you know, whatever, whatever. I went to them and I said, listen, please don't protect me. Please don't try and cover up for me and say that I didn't do this when I did. If I did this and you saw it, cause y'all were there with me literally the whole day. Like we were just about it. Like I, I tell Joe all the time, like we were literally attached to the hip, right? If I did this, please tell me, please let me know so I can own up to it 
and they vehemently every single time. And we've gone over this for, for years now. Every single time they're like, Meredith, no, absolutely not. You did not do this. If you, if you had done it, we would have seen it and we would have called you out on your shit. But no, you didn't. So it's not that I'm trying to, you know, um, escape accountability at all. You know, if, it, if this was something that I was guilty of, absolutely, I want to atone for my actions. But there's nothing to take accountability for. And that's why we're here. Okay, so the alleged incident happened three years ago. This, you know, once we hit July fourth yep. of of uh, twenty twenty two, it would be three years since the alleged mm-hmm. incident happened. Um, it's very serious mm-hmm. to to be accused of sexually assaulting someone like that is that is horrific. Mm-hmm. No matter how you slice it, because you know. Lives are changed forever with mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Um, what did the police say? I mean, you know, you, you get accused of, of a crime that serious. I got to imagine that law enforcement or have you. I mean, what, what was that process like? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ask my accusers because I was never charged. Okay. Charges I'm- were never brought up against me. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was all Twitter. It was all social media. Uh, the police were never involved. Um, and that's that. So this was more a issue of the court of public opinion and wanted, wanting me canceled rather than uh, seeking help from law enforcement. Okay. I, I got to replay that because <laughs> I'm a little confused here because yeah, <laughs> from my perspective, and I'm nobody, I don't know any of you folks um, mm-hmm. In fact, you and I had never interacted, especially back then. It just, you know, right. we were nowhere near the same circles. Um, mm-hmm. So I got to see this from the outside looking in. The response mm-hmm. and the uh, ferocious nature in the response, like people were very adamant. We have to cancel this person. This person yeah. is excommunicated. Mm-hmm. From the internet wrestling community, just for anyone listening out there who doesn't know, when I say I, IWC, internet wrestling community, this is what wrestling fans refer to themselves as, especially mm-hmm. online. Uh, it's just an easy way to to uh, a catch all yeah. to identify themselves as being part of this thing here. But um, the way that it read, I assume that part of the reason why you had to disappear and and part of the reason why you excommunicated was because. You know, the, the the law got involved. So you're telling mm-hmm. me that to this day that you had never been contacted by law enforcement about no, this? No, absolutely not. And I and I was, I mean, rightfully so. I was definitely frightened uh, for quite some time. Um, but yeah, no, they never, never came after me. So I don't know. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's very, very interesting because... Mm-hmm. Again, it was ferocious in nature. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, walk me through this. Okay. Okay. Because look, people get canceled every day and there are definitely degrees of being canceled. I I joke about the fact that people cancel me Mm -hmm. for things that are aired on this show uh, because I'm not afraid to interview anyone. And I do allow the guests to express themselves completely. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of folks out there who for one reason or another, do not want 
at least my impression and certain things that people have said to me, they don't want certain truths to come out. And I'm not saying that applies mm. here. I don't know what the truth is, so I want to make sure I'm clear there. But, you know, they don't want certain truths to come out because it causes them to then reevaluate what they thought they knew. Right. Right. Exactly. So I joke about that. But here's the thing. I feel like what you went through is a whole other scale of being canceled. So, so walk me through this. From the moment you were initially accused, yeah. what happened in your life? Um, hmm. well, <laughs> um, I basically, um, posted my statement on Twitter, um, and I dipped, I had a lot of friends and family reaching out to me, um, in regards to my well-being. Um, I, I, I basically just got off of inter- the internet as a whole. Um, I said what I had to say and I dipped. Just because, um, number one, obviously me being, you know, framed as an abuser, um, is obviously something that's incredibly traumatizing. But for me also too, I have been sexually assaulted. Um, I have been raped in the past. So it was also kind of a triggering situation where I needed to like, really not, you know, see those things that were being said about me. Um, my band also was affected. There were quite some people go, there were quite a few people going on, not only my socials, but on Palace Burn socials as well. Um, bringing up the whole situation, people were tagging Jericho. They were tagging the, uh, you know, people that I worked with in the industry. Like I was, I was done. I was done. Um, to the point where in October of 2020, I actually, um, attempted suicide. Um, due to my cancellation, um, I ended up having to call a crisis team over to my house, to my residence. Um, and like, I, I was, I was ready to go. Like I had a suicide note written and everything. Um, so yeah, uh, suffice it to say, not great. (laughs) Um, things did not go well. Um, and yeah, and I'm still, I mean, to this day, I mean, you know, I tried to get on TikTok for a while. I mean, a lot of people know me for like, I, and I even like went viral on TikTok, which was crazy. Totally wasn't trying to do that. Ended up doing it anyway. Um, and it came and the allegations came back to haunt me um, to the point where I'm no longer on TikTok either. To to really summarize it, my life has been put on hold. Um, I can't move forward in anything that I want to do. Um, to the point where like, I'm very, very selective about even talking about things that I'm doing as far as performing and music and stuff like that. Like I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything. I don't talk about my work. I don't talk about my job. I don't talk about anything publicly because I can't because it's like it, you know, I mean, we saw, we literally just saw what happened to Joey Ryan. Like, you know, it, it comes back to haunt you. Like people will not let you forget um, and they want to make sure that everybody knows that you're a scumbag. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, my life has been put on hold. I haven't been able to move forward. Um, and I'm just dealing with the ramifications of that still. Still. Yeah. I mean, that's the big word there still mm-hmm. for something that law enforcement was never, they, at least they never contacted you about. No. So you have not even gone through a process where 
you've been in a court of law, found guilty, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you've you've had to pay your debt to society or something like that. Mm-hmm. None of that has happened. And you yeah. maintain that what you're being accused of did not happen. Correct. That's deep. I, now, you said that at one point uh, folks had to come check on you because there was an attempt to suicide. How are you today? Um, Still not great. <laughs> I mean, better. Um, not necessarily suicidal, um, but I've definitely had to do a lot of work. I've had to do a lot of just monitoring my mental health. Um, I'm in therapy, um, on antidepressants, like that whole sort of thing. Um, I got sober. Um, cause a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the reason why people question me is be- because of the allegations is because I was, you know, I was drinking that day. Um, so, you know, it just seems like alcohol as a whole has just like caused a lot of trouble in my life. Um, so I've just, um, done a lot of abstaining and just really just trying to work on Meredith, um, and just trying to focus on me getting better. Um, because the thing about it is like nobody else cares about me getting better. It's I have to be the one to take care of myself. So that's just really where mentally, you know, where I've been at. What advice do you have for anyone out there who finds themselves in a similar situation? Mm. If if there's one or two things that you can point to that you eventually did which has helped you get mm-hmm. to a point where you're at least on a path to healing. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice, one or two things that people could do? And, and maybe it's one or two things that you wish you would have done from the beginning. Mm. Definitely stay off of social media. Um, <laughs> definitely stay off at least, you know, just enough amount of time to just get yourself together, to let things kind of cool off and blow over. Um, I feel like I had a had a hard time letting go and removing myself from social media as a whole um and again it came back to bite me in the ass obviously with you know TikTok and that sort of thing so the number 1 definitely get off of social media number 2 uh follow Clementine Morgan <laughs> um Clementine Morgan is a anti cancel culture um i i don't want to say influencer uh but that sort of thing um, she has a, an Instagram where she's obvious, always posting quotes, um, about the effects and the, the damages of cancel culture. Um, and that has helped me a ton. Like, oh my goodness. Just having like, because following her, I've really been able to build a community and of people who have also been canceled, um, in one way, shape or form. And, um, just to feel like you're not alone. That's really, that's really helped out a lot. Uh, because it, it is very isolating, uh, this entire situation. Um, so definitely give a, give a follow to Clementine. Um, and number three, um, and this is probably the most important one, get into therapy, get into therapy. My therapist has been a godsend. Like, honestly, I cannot stress that enough. Um, you cannot do it on your own. You, you cannot handle being canceled or being accused of a crime by yourself. Um, it just, it, it has to be some, some, it has to be a situation where you reach out 
you just you just honestly have to um and being in therapy um after this situation has honestly i i would i would say that it saved my life for sure that's deep that's deep and that's yeah. that's great advice there mm-hmm. um boy why and I and I know that this is a strange question <laughs> to ask you. I should be asking everybody else. Maybe I, yeah. I should I should go to Twitter. <laughs> you should. And, and, you should. And type your name in, and then just go <laughs> down the list of, of yeah. everyone who's had so much to say about whatever the hell this is. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of people who speak as if they firsthand know this, that, and the other thing, and it's very right. interesting to see that. Right. Uh, so much conviction. And, and they you know? don't, and they don't know anything. And that's the, the horrible part. 95%, I'd say, of the people who are defending my accusers vehemently were not at the show in question. They weren't there. So, so it's like, I, <laughs> you don't, you don't even know. You don't know what happened. You don't know what you're talking about. Like your opinion is, is frankly irrelevant. Why? In, in, from your perspective, Ooh. why do you think Jesus. Um, mm. that the 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 well. <laughs> has been so strong specifically for Alex, for my main accuser? Right, it's a lot of, and I know this probably sounds petty, um, but you know I can be petty right now because um, I deserve um, a lot of it is jealousy. A lot of it is jealousy, especially, especially from Alex. Um, Alex, as a whole, has used the speaking out movement specifically um, as a weapon. Um, Because I'm not the only person. That's the thing. I'm not the only person that she's accused. She, whether it's firsthand or from a third party, Alex has been out here like, you know, racking up allegations like Pokemon. Like, like and um we saw it um actually just recently with the um with a situation, I don't want to say the guy's name, but everybody knows, um, where she was in Twitter spaces basically making the entire situation about a underage girl being groomed about herself. And it's like this is not the time nor the place for you to be discussing that we should be here supporting this poor 17 year old girl who has had to go through this situation. And it's, it's all about me. It's all about Alex. It's always been all about Alex. Um, she only cares about herself. Um, (laughs) honestly. And I, I say this and I, I know that people think that I'm reaching, but the thing about Alex specifically for me, I feel like the reason that she doesn't like me is that she tried to do what I do, what what I did. She tried to do what I did and she failed at it horribly. She's not a good ring announcer. Um, matter of fact, and again, I won't say the name, but she was working for a specific promotion and she was fired. Um because she could not do the job um, that needed to be done in regards to ring announcing. And then she flipped the script and accused the promoters of sexual harassment. So <laughs> there's a lot of that going on where, oh, I don't like you or I feel like I should be in your spot 
So I'm going to use this movement that was meant specifically for actual abusers to expose people who are are actually horrible in this industry. And I'm going to use it as a weapon to take you out because I don't like you. Um, (laughs) so there, there's a lot of that and to see her rise, quote unquote, in the industry after my cancellation, um, has been honestly downright disgusting. And I've had a lot of people say that to me where they're just like this, something about her finding as much success as she has does not feel right. The ops, the optics on this aren't great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's honestly how I feel about it. I feel like it's a lot of jealousy. It's a lot of weaponization of not only the speaking out movement, but white tears, just another white woman, um, coming out. And I know she's going to be like, Oh my God, I'm Latina. No, you, she's Latina when she wants to be. And when it benefits her, um, (laughs) to be honest. So, um, it's a lot of white woman tears. Um, it's a lot of just weaponizing them to bring down a black person, um, a black woman that she didn't like. That's heavy. You, you're mentioning one party, but there were two parties that made accusations. I mean, correct. You feel does all that apply to both parties? What you just said, Lauren. All right. <sighs> Here's what I think happened with Lauren specifically. And this is just me speculating, right? But I feel like there may have been a point in time during the day, July 4th, where I made Lauren feel uncomfortable. Now, the thing about that is I can't speak for other people's feelings. I can never do that. So if I ever, if I had an interaction with Lauren where I may have said something cross, then that I will take. And for that, I will completely and utterly 110% apologize. It was never my intention to make either Lauren or Alex or anybody there feel uncomfortable, but intention does not always equal impact. Um, So if somebody says that, hey, you made me feel uncomfortable, I can't be like, no, I didn't. Like, how are you going to tell me my feelings? You know what I mean? So that I will take and I will, and I will tone and I will take uh, accountability for. You're saying that you may have said something to make the other party uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Is it possible you could have also done something to make them uncomfortable? No. And again, I went back and I went through this over and over and over again. Still, no. I, cause I can't speak for, I can't speak for Lauren or Alex's feelings. I can't speak for that. But what I can speak on is what is my actions and what I did and did not do. I didn't put my hands on either one of them. Now that, that, that part I can take responsibility for. And I can tell you that that did not happen though. So what, so basically what I'm getting at is Lauren is not as bold and is outspoken as Alex is, right? So I feel like a lot of this is coming from Lauren specifically. And I feel like Lauren must have gone to Alex and said, hey, um, could you say something about this? Because I don't feel like Meredith should be in this industry at all. 
Um, Lauren has never been the one to be that outspoken and as outlandish um, on the internet spaces as Alex is. Um, and I feel like it, it's it, it it holds more weight when it's two people making an accusation as opposed to one. You know, when you were at your highest point, mm-hmm. again, you're coming off the AEW, singing in the choir, you were the lead singer, you went viral, uh, singing Jericho's theme music, uh, Judas. You had a lot of friends <laughs> online. There were a lot of people celebrating, talking about how they know you. That's my home girl. That's my yeah. girl. Yeah. We hang out. Uh-huh. I've known her for a while and all that good stuff there. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, look at that. It's a very popular person. And I noticed a lot of those same people did not waste any time completely dragging you. Yep. Once these these allegations came out. Exactly. Talk to me about that because I know for for me personally, from a mental and an emotional standpoint, thank God I've been in therapy and I've been in therapy a long time because I remember just even doing some episodes of this show and I know it's going to happen again even with this conversation, which mm-hmm. you know I'm fully prepared for that, but. When you see people who you thought supported you and you thought, you know, knew you to a certain degree, suddenly see the mob come after you and it's like, yeah. well, <laughs> and then suddenly they they start saying a lot of interesting things about you that are completely t- counter mm-hmm. to whatever their narrative narrative was, you know, yesterday. Um, it could be a mind, you know what. Mm-hmm. It can really, really mess with you mentally and emotionally. Um, what did that feel like for you? Um, pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. Um, especially when those said people started coming after me, not only on Twitter, but on TikTok, when they were literally creating profiles only to come and flame me and to bring my allegations up. And what is crazy to me (laughs) about this specific situation, right, is that one of those girls was actually with me um, a month after the alleged incident in question at All Out in Chicago when Miss Alex came up to me and acted like everything was fine. Mama came up to me and greeted me and was like, oh, my God, Meredith, it's so good to see you. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're here. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to StarCast and get a tattoo with, you know, whatever, da, 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 da. Um, and Miss Mama was there and she saw the whole interaction. Now, again, I've been sexually assaulted, right? I've been raped. I've had to actually have a rape kit done on me. Um and actually have to like go again, you know, go after my rapist for it. Um, you, that's not how you would talk to your abuser a month after they've assaulted you. And yet, and, and yet Miss Mama saw the entire interaction and yet she still uh, found it appropriate to come on TikTok and to drag me. So um, there's that. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel good at all. Um, But, you know, as my grandfather uh, used to say, not everybody's your friend. You know, I'm I'm someone that is still learning. And I I certainly have a lot of uh, room to grow, especially in in this area here. I didn't ask you your pronouns. Oh, oh. And I want to formally apologize (laughs) to you for that. Because I'm over here assuming a lot. And that's that's not appropriate. So I apologize 
And I want to say that to you before the world there. Um, So (laughs) what are your pronouns? Uh, She, her. I'm a cisgender uh, female. So thank you. Yeah, that's how I identify. But thank you so much. I appreciate that. Duke, you're so nice. As as somebody who is an ally, um, you know, there's just certain things that it's like, all right, you got to stay ahead of this, bro. You can't fall into the old trapping, so to speak, of assuming anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I bring this up for this reason. You are a black woman mm-hmm. and you're a black woman who has managed to make a name for herself in a space that was never created for mm. black folk. And it certainly wasn't ever created for women. Mm-hmm. Right. So not even just the wrestlers and the promoters and the executives, but even even as a fan, mm-hmm. it was never really created. And, and a lot of people still treat these spaces as if it's not for us. Right. Now, you managed to make a name for yourself within the industry. How much of that do you think has played into the way that people have continued to go after you, especially now for years, uh, over allegations? I I would, I would venture to say 100% of it. I'd say that this is a very, very racially motivated. Um, I mean, again, like the the optics aren't great, right? Um, You have a black woman, a black queer woman, a black fat queer woman. Um, So there are a lot of stereotypes, a lot of tropes that go into that. um, Who's been accused of assault by two white women um, who are in the same industry um, who are trying to succeed in the same industry. Um, it's not good, right? Um, and I feel like not only did that did they know that going into accusing me of assault, um, but I feel like also too, uh, they knew the weight of what they were doing. Um, and you, you know of and how much it was going to stick based on, the profiling and, you know, the racial motivation surrounding it. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's why I, that's a lot of why I've received so much backlash because, because again, like I'm not, I'm not Matt Riddle. I'm not Austin theory. I'm not, you know, this person who has like a billion dollar industry behind them. Like I'm again, like I said, I'm a regular degular person who got lucky I'm not like, I, I wasn't, you know, the, the closest that I got was that I was ring announcing. And I don't feel like if I were a white man, let's just say, um, I, I feel like the, the allegations would have stuck, but to have them follow me and to, you know, to continue be, to be berated and, um, lashed out upon to this day, I don't think that it would have been as, as serious, honestly. Where do you go from here? I mean, you, you've, you've been dealing with this for years now, as you said, it's really slowed down your forward momentum from a Mm -hmm. career standpoint. You're, you're doing this conversation now, which is going to be released to the world. People are finally going to hear your perspective in full, you sure. know, in a manner that they've never heard before. Um, so what what happens next? I mean, in a, in a perfect world, in a perfect scenario, 
how does the story of Meredith Bell continue? I don't know, man. That's such a great question because it's been something that I've been trying to figure out for these past two years, right? Um, Being placed on hold, being in a state of limbo, um, feeling like I can't um, move forward and move on from the situation at all. Um, It's just, it's this dark cloud that uh, I, I haven't been able to escape. So, um. I don't know. I feel like even still, I mean, there are always going to be people who still believe my accusers. Um, so there's there's nothing that I can really do, even with with this, that's going to change people's minds, right? Because that's the the that's the times that we live in, um, in regards to people taking you know sexual assault very seriously. Um, I feel like for me personally, it's just going to have to be a continuation of doing my best, (laughs) continuing on with, you know, my healing and doing what I can to really move on. Um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still performing. Like I say, I don't really want to talk about it, but I, you know, I'm still performing. I'm still trying to, you know, do the things that make me happy. Um, and there are still people who support me, um, which is great. Um, not a whole lot, but still some, you know, Um, I still have people to this day in the industry, like working for both, you know, promotions for WWE, AEW, who still check up on me, um, ask me how I'm doing and that sort of thing. So it's not that this, it's not that I'm like, it's not that the support isn't there. It's just like, I really have to just find it within not only myself, but like my very close circle. So like my, my family, my boyfriend, um, my friends, like my in real life friends, <laughs> um, you know, just to, just to lean on them. So, I mean, like I say, I mean, obviously, you know, me coming back to wrestling as a whole is just not something that's ever going to happen. Um, but as far as like what I can control, as far as like my music and, you know, performing and musical theater and that sort of thing, like I, that's, that's just what I have to focus on. Well, Meredith, I mean, you, you've had an interesting ride. There's no two ways about it. And it's it's something that so many people have weighed in on, but so few people are close enough to the action to uh, have a, a credible take on it. And, you know, again, I wanted to have you on the show for a couple of reasons. Number one, because the the audience legitimately has asked for this for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. It's not me looking for gossip or dirt or anything ridiculous. Somebody's going to complain and say, oh, you just did it for clicks. I don't know anyone who puts anything out in the public sphere not looking for quote unquote clicks. That's the point. <laughs> right. You know, you want people to hear what is being discussed. There's no question about that. Um, so th- there wasn't a, a, a uh, strong appetite to hear from your side. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I, I have a strong appetite to hear from your side because I was confused about the whole thing. And, and <laughs> as even, a lot of people still are. <laughs> well, sure. And, and even the whole concept that you, you know, that it did not get legal. I'm still very confused about that because. So am I. Again, and, and ferocity is the word here. The, the ferocity of the backlash was so strong that one could easily assume, okay, I guess, I guess. This person's guilty of something, Mm -hmm. but there are clearly more layers to this after listening to you. In closing here, do do you have anything else to say to the world? I mean, just to put a button on this thing. 
Sure. Um, I know that we really didn't go into the day um, as a whole um, as far as like July 4th and the alleged incident. Um, but I, I won't I won't go into the entire timeline. But what I will say is this. I was there, obviously. Um, I saw my accusers twice the entire day. Um, I saw them when they got there. Um, I was in, I saw them in passing and that was it. Um, I again was with two people, um, who had no loyalty to me at the time. Um, the entire time that I was there and if something did happen, they would have seen it. Um, and again, I would not be on here. I would not speak out and try to avoid taking responsibility if this was something that I did, right? But I didn't do it. And so there's nothing to take responsibility for. I vehemently maintain my innocence. Um, I would never, as somebody who has been sexually assaulted, I would never want to put anybody in the same position that I have been put in myself. Um, because again, I'm still dealing with the you know trauma and ramifications of that. I'm innocent. I have been innocent. And I, I, I maintain my innocence to this day. Folks, as always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. <laughs> 